Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. This week, we're catching up with the Sundance Film Festival. And all the way back from the makeshift cottage that she made in her living room, it's uh, Film Inquiry Editor-in-Chief Christy Strauss. Christy, welcome <laughs> from your staycation. Yes, I still have my makeshift. Um, <laughs> Do you just like turn the, the AC like really, really down in your house or apartment and then you're just like, all right, I'm going to break out the Patagonia. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I put all my badges on from previous years. Exactly, and, exactly. Yeah. You got to like stock up on like the kind of, not that good, but at least it's technically food, sort of like sandwiches you get at like gas stations and stuff. It's like, you know, the convenience store sandwich that I I just assume is most people's diet when they go to Sundance. <laughs> when I go to Sundance, it's I generally just try to find places that will give me free food. Yes. I know that's horrible, but that's like, that's what they do, though. They have pop ups everywhere for different things. I, I actually miss it. The last time I remember I got soup uh, last time I was there and it was that Will Ferrell movie. Um, the Netflix one with Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh it, it, man, I hope you got some like <laughs> liquor or something with that soup because not bad. there, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, welcome back, or just just welcome in general. Uh, so you attended Sundance this year. You and I were talking off mic before we started how um I was a moron this year and did not <laughs> did not take advantage of uh the the Sundance options in my home, basically for anyone who's not been paying attention for the last couple of weeks, uh, Sundance was set to go on in person per usual this year. And due to the uh, Omicron variant and the surge of coronavirus cases, last minute became all digital like it was last year. Um, I know you were greatly looking forward to doing being back in person again, but what was, yeah. what was this like? What was sort of your general feeling about the festival just sort of as a curatorial experience this year, as well as like, do you have any kind of new thoughts about this weird stage we're in industry wise and entertainment coverage wise, where people are debating the pros and cons of festivals online versus festivals solely in person? Yeah. So I definitely was looking forward to it. It's been what, two years now, even though it feels like 10 yes. <laughs> last two years. Um, and so I was definitely looking forward to it. It's more like the ambiance and being back in theaters and just Park City really does become Sundance. And it's just, I miss that, but I kind of figured they were going to cancel. I wasn't expecting to be so late, like two weeks before or, or whatever. I don't know if it was really two weeks, but it was pretty short notice. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I kind of figured it was going to happen. And for some reason, I was actually less disappointed this year than I was last year because maybe because last year was the first time it was like the first virtual time doing it and now it's almost like I'm used to it I did it with Toronto and mm -hmm. Tribeca but I think that there's a lot of benefit to having it virtual not not only just because of safety reasons but it does give a lot more people opportunity that can't make you know or afford that trip because it's it's definitely a hefty uh, price to hang out in Park City and yeah I, I mean I think that this is going to continue. I know the next big festival, which I'm covering is South by Southwest. And I, uh, you know, I don't know. They might be the only ones to not go virtual, but I guess we'll see. But I, I don't mind the plot. Like, I really don't mind it. I think we've just kind of adapted because that's been life lately is, mm -hmm. is at home. So, you know, you just got to make those makeshift um, <laughs> slope cabins and just <laughs> cold sandwiches and, eat, you know, just deal with it, I guess. But at least we have that you know, ability and where they're able to successfully still get movies out there. Yeah. I, I know, you know, you and I have talked before about the, the just joy and fun of the, the kind of circus around a film festival. Yeah. Um, last year we talked about it. Yes. Right? <laughs> we talked about it on numerous, it feels like every time there's a major film festival, we have this conversation, but you yeah. know, and then there's also, um, you know, the benefit that I've heard is, Obviously, you know, it is less expensive, as you mentioned, because you're not having to pay for lodging and travel and you can spend more money on watching the movies at home should you want to. I mean, if you're willing to, 
I, I think it was if you're willing to just shovel out like what $300 or something like that, you could get a pass this year to you could technically buy tickets. Granted, like the way Sundance worked this past year is there was a still a limited amount of tickets for for each screening. It's not like, hey, this is open for anyone to join as long as you pay. But, you know, if you're willing to shovel out a couple hundred dollars, like you could theoretically watch Maybe not all the movies, because it sounded like this year they had a, a full slate, unlike they did last year. But yeah, um, you could watch, you know, several movies over the course of an entire week, which like 74. Yes, yeah, yeah. You, you could watch five, you know, you could watch 30. You could be a maniac <laughs> and watch like 74 <laughs> movies in a day in the course of a week. It definitely is easier to see more movies because there's also, you know, a lot of if you've been to Sundance too is like in between theaters you have to get on a bus there's mm-hmm. like a long wait you know obviously you know sit standing in line all that stuff and obviously that's part of the appeal too going to the theater and having that experience even if it's annoying <laughs> out in the cold at like 7 a.m but it's you do it because you love it but at home you can be like okay I just finished a movie you know stretch let's do another one you know it's like that gives you that freedom to definitely consume a lot of content if you so please <laughs> including you know as many as you want yes i don't know how many films were at this year's sundance but i feel like some people must have seen all of them yeah i i don't know off the top of my head maybe that's something i should look up here in a bit but <laughs> um let's get to talking about the movies uh i i first kind of just wanted to to gauge from you not just not necessarily what your favorite movie of the festival is, but was there a, a particular movie that you saw that you were like, oh, this is this is going to be a breakout? I feel like the the narrative around Sundance obvious always is this kind of like rat race to sort of figure out and like stake your flag in the sand for like this is going to be the the next kind of like indie breakout movie, or this is a person to watch. Or this is the movie that some big tech company is going to just sort of like wad up a couple hundred dollar bills and throw them in the air to pay for. What, what was <laughs> was there one that you watched this year that you sort of had that feeling of of that or that felt kind of like the breakout one that everyone was talking about? Ooh, um, <laughs> the pressure of that. That was question. a really loaded metaphor I just gave there. Um. Oh geez. So first I'll say though, I'm I'm actually really, really happy with like most of the movies I saw. I, I was really pretty impressed with everything and I saw a pretty good variety, you know, from like documentaries to many horrors and sci-fi and and um I feel like, you know, it's not necessarily my favorite, but Palm Trees and Power Lines, mm-hmm. uh it's was and, and I think it actually won she actually won for director, um, Jamie Dack. It's just uh it's I wrote it in my review, but it's probably the most disturbing movie I saw just because it's so real feeling. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's about um, a young girl starts a relationship with a man twice her age. And it's just something like after watching it, <laughs> um, I felt like I needed a hug. But I, I feel like it was just really, really well done. And mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm someone to definitely look out for. But it's not an easy watch and it's not one that everyone's going to be like, oh, but I just as far as like this is one that's definitely going to stand out and has continued to not let go of me since I watched it. Um, So I'd say that one, if that makes sense. Yes, (laughs) yes, I I think that makes sense. Another one that I just kind of saw, I'm I'm curious if you saw it, but I think the biggest acquisition this year was apple buying cha-cha uh, real smooth cha-cha real smooth yeah cha-cha real smooth which yep. is the the sophomore feature from this guy cooper rife um mm-hmm. did you see his his first movie um shit house i actually haven't i've been meaning to watch it um, and yeah. it's it's now on my i think it's netflix on my watch list <laughs> i need yeah. to, to catch up with that but no that one's definitely like i didn't say that one just because i figure mm-hmm. it was bought up and it won like it's basically like the crowd pleaser movie that yes. I don't like I just I think it's obvious whereas Palm Trees and Power Lines is a little bit more quiet if that makes any right. sense. Right. More of the movie I say that, that kind lot, of but... <laughs> needs the uh you know the recommendation as opposed yeah. to this sort of seems like the one that 
uh, you know, to go back to. Yeah, and it's definitely a wider. The the tech company came in and was <laughs> like, "Here, we're going this. We're going to acquire this, and this is going to be our big indie acquisition." Um, mm-hmm. But I I I quite liked um shit house. I I thought it was like a very uh assured first feature, mm-hmm. and I really excited to see what he does next. I know this one also has Dakota Johnson in it. Um, I really don't know a, a ton about it. I don't know if you want to speak a little bit more, but th- this definitely was the one that seemed to be the the kind of buzziest movie from at least like the business side of the festival. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And yeah, I, I thought it was a really sweet movie. Um, it's he, he just graduates college. He comes home to live with his, his family and he's kind of trying to figure out what he wants to do gets a job at like a I can't even remember I think it's called like meat stick or something it's like a horrible like fast food restaurant in the mall and he goes to a bar mitzvah and ends up getting hired as like a I'm trying to think of the the word they use like a party kind of planner whatever because he basically gets people to like dance and get he like gets the vibe up and so he starts doing that and he meets Dakota Johnson who's a young mother and um kind of bonds with her and her daughter and you know kind of falls for her but you know it's um it's a sweet film it's funny it's <laughs> the cha-cha real smooth this great scene they play that song <laughs> um will it now... will it make me come around to in, anyone who's ever been to a wedding with me knows that like <laughs> my grumpy side will come out when the 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 cha-cha slide <laughs> so when that well... drops then it's all of a sudden me with like my gin and tonic and just like grumbling of like we, we need to throw this song in the trash. I can't believe it's been like this many years and we're still playing this. I actually think it might because it's like when some when some stuff goes down. Okay. <laughs> like it's, so it's kind of a funny sequence. It's like uh, like you just know it's like all jolly, but you're like, oh, no, something's going to happen right now. So, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. And I wasn't shocked at all that it got um the attention that it did because i just really do think it's one that's very kind of universal where everyone can enjoy it sort of thing so but also it's interesting dakota johnson was in two movies i saw Mm -hmm. i actually watched them back to back or they were the two movies i watched back to back um and the other one was am i okay so she she was kind of like the uh the queen of um sundance this year which which is interesting good for her she's really good Mm -hmm. in both (laughs) yes yes um so, so yeah, I that's a good one. Cool. Um, let's talk about documentary maybe a little bit. Was, it, was mm-hmm. what were um was there one documentary that really stood out to you? I'm kind of amazed every year. It feels like people I know who go to Sundance pretty consistently often say like the documentary selection is often more consistent year by year than the the feature selection sometimes is or is mm-hmm. like often more surprising. So I'm curious, were there any documentaries that really stood out? for you this year yeah um fire of love uh, by sarah dosa oh so good that's (laughs) that's the other one that i've heard that seems to be the other like hip critics pick of the the best documentary of the festival it got picked up um by national geographic too i think oh cool so that'll probably be on i assume like disney plus or hulu or something like that uh yeah hopefully later this year yeah no i i loved it i just you know it's basically all told, you know, what well, is all told through footage of these two um volcanologists, how you volcanologists? Yeah, that and sounds right. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Um and they're um married and it's like kind of their love story but also just their their love for volcanoes and the footage is just like jaw dropping. You it's incredible to see like there was so many times I really do think I picked my job off the floor because there's like these shots of her like um trying to think katia maurice like she's just standing in front of this erupting volcano and it's just it's just gorgeous but it's terrifying you know Mm -hmm. it's that that sort of thing but yeah it was was a really uh, amazing documentary and i loved it too because it was just something that i had never really thought too much about as far as like that job and that it's such an intriguing kind of life choice that they make to do this and you can just you can tell their passion and it's a it's a good one I, I enjoyed it very much. The only other doc I saw was Lucy and Desi, which was good too. I really, really enjoyed that. And that's the Amy Poehler documentary about uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Oh, okay. Which is actually coming on Amazon, I think, in a couple months. So wow, much better really, than being really, the Ricardos. I was about to say, they're really trying to set up a double feature with the, the Aaron Sorkin movie. 
Yeah, which I, I, I don't know. Now that I watch that documentary, it really uh, makes me realize I was disappointed with being the Ricardos, but that's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, less said the better about that movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. I'm going to save my takes for that until that inevitably gets a bunch of Oscar nominations and then I'll go off on this podcast. Um, I, I also heard from a lot of people this year that there was a really good horror selection at Sundance yes. this year. I'm I'm Hell eager yes. to hear if they're what were you think like some of the standout horror movies of the festival yeah i i was quite pleased with that selection of of horror movies obviously i'm a fan but yeah like um i saw you know quite a few my favorites the first one i saw was fresh which mm-hmm. was definitely um different it's it's sebastian stan is like a psychopath uh He's and like it's like a cannibal right is it is that did i read i that mean I, I don't yeah i was gonna say i I, you're spoiling it, but not really. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it says it somewhere, honestly. I only <laughs> so. just saw it referred to online as like the Sebastian Stan cannibal movie. I, yeah, I just sort no. of went, okay, cool. Um, yeah, Mimi Caves film. And, and that's actually, I think Hulu has it. Um, okay. I think it's coming out in a few, few months. But yeah, that one was, it. you know, it actually really unsettled me a lot, which is, is hard to do in a movie. But um, it was just it was a lot of fun even though it was disturbing and like there's one scene that sebastian stands like dancing around while he's working and i do this in quotes um and and he just has such fun like fun time with the role you know he just goes for it and uh daisy edgar jones who's the main character is is also really good and i don't know i mean i think it's probably a movie that's gonna (laughs) some people it's just not gonna be their cup of tea but i think if you just give over to it you're gonna have a lot of fun so that was one um i also really loved i think my favorite was speak no evil okay um yeah and that's directed by christian uh it's a family that they meet like another family on vacation and they became you know get along and they're kind of good friends oh i have heard of this (laughs) i've heard this movie is effed up like i (laughs) friends of mine who are hunter howman who's on this show a lot and is like a like devout horror watcher like text texted the group that him and i are in and watched like paid to watch it and was really really upset which is kind of disturbing to me because i know if something really upsets him then that means this this movie's pretty hardcore um should i be worried (laughs) um you know i I mean it definitely the final scene and stuff i was i was kind of like shook you know (laughs) (laughs) but it is good it's it's just interesting because it plays out like in the beginning it's it's almost like a a social experiment in the sense of like social like societal norms or not societal norms but like polite behavior like this family gets together with this other family when they offer to have them at their house and they don't know each other mm-hmm. and so there's like these social graces things like i'm not sure you know should i leave because this is awkward and like the one family keeps doing like increasingly weird things mm-hmm. and like uncomfortable things and it's almost a little funny but it's also like very unsettling you feel very tense and like you can understand their anxiety and then it just goes full dark so um it switches up pretty pretty good but i i really liked it i just it's almost like reminded me of something like larry what is it larry david and then it's like all of a sudden meets like <laughs> horror because at first it's 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 a little funny because it's just uncomfortable and then it gets creepy very quickly so that was my favorite of the horrors i think (laughs) i don't know if i sold it well i don't want to spoil anything so i i will definitely watch it um but (laughs) i am going to maybe do it during the day or you know rope some (laughs) other poor soul into experiencing it with me so yeah um, uh, it is a very brutal um finale though so So definitely be it's aware curb of that. your enthusiasm meets last house on the left is what you're telling me <laughs> exactly yes uh. um did you have a chance to see the other horror movie i heard a lot about was this movie resurrection with rebecca yes. hall in it that seemed to be the other other wtf ending yes um yeah, that one I saw. <laughs> uh, I liked it. I, I'm still trying to figure out entirely how I feel about it. Okay. It's what it's like the only movie that really did that to me. And I think it's just, it's so bizarre with some of its direction. And I feel like the ending kind of wants to be like Teton in the sense that it's like kind of a, a shocking end, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite hit as well as that. But Rebecca Hall is just phenomenal in it. Like she's always really good, but she, you know, people say like tour de force performance. It's definitely like, she's incredible in it and 
um, Tim Roth is just the creepiest in this movie. Like, I don't know if I'll ever look at Tim Roth the same way. I already think Tim Roth's pretty creepy, so I don't. <laughs> oh well, poor Tim. But yeah, well, he nails it though. He does. I did see this oh. one was picked up by by IFC as part of their kind of like midnight brand of of movies. So hopefully that means that um we'll get to see this one very soon it it sounds like a lot of kind of the major ones were picked up pretty quickly and are it is so interesting reading i think before we hopped on that a lot of these movies if you're like me and didn't get a chance to to view them in the sundance screening room like mm-hmm. are going to be available um within like the coming months like are all pretty much coming out if yeah if not this year then like a good chunk of them or coming on like Amazon or Hulu or something like that within the next couple months. Um, Including, uh, did you get a chance to see um, after Yang is, is probably the movie I was most looking forward to at the festival and, and missed and Mm -hmm. apparently is coming out here in a couple months through a 24. Um, I know this was a movie that premiered at Cannes last year, but I'm, I'm eager your thoughts on it especially like i'm someone who loves colin farrell so mm-hmm. this is uh this is kind of right up my alley a colin farrell sci-fi movie yeah no i loved it it, it was definitely one of my highlights of the of the fest and it's, it's just a really like lovely film <laughs> um you know it's beautiful to look at uh gorgeous soundtrack uh, score mm-hmm. performances colin farrell it, it really it's interesting because it's all about this kind of broken you know, Android AI and Colin Farrell is, is really also the best opening, like <laughs> opening. Um, There's like this whole dance sequence. That's like the opening credits. <laughs> there's a dance sequence in it. I, a 24, I, that like, <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> you told me there's a dance sequence in your AI movie. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like the, there's like families doing dance offs. So like Colin Farrell's really getting into it. And, um, do, yeah, it's, does it, it, how does it compare to the, the ex machina dance number, which is the <laughs> <laughs> one of the best moments ever. Yeah. Um, actually it's, it's pretty comparable cause they're both awesome for different reasons. And both of them include an, an Android dancing with someone. So, um, yeah, I, I actually said this on Twitter at one point, but there was a bunch of movies in this year's uh, slate that I saw that had an awesome dance sequence. And I just thought that that was, I love those like random connections that end up mm-hmm. coming up. And this was one of them, but yeah, Colin Farrell is terrific. I love Colin Farrell as well, especially like later in his career, the choices he's made in the last, I don't know, 15, 10 years. Mm-hmm. I just, I, he's, he's made so many good movies, but this one is really like an examination on kind of you know, memories and what it is to be human. And it's, it's just interesting when it's from a place like, you know, an Android's memories or how he's, he's a, like looking at them and examining their family and taking them in. And it's just a really sweet movie. I, I was very moved by it. So, and it also just made me like want to cry and I don't even know if I fully know why. So <laughs> it's always good. Well, uh, were there any other, I guess I'll kind of just toss the ball to you of like, were there any other uh, movies that you, you wanted to, to shout out from the, the festival this year for people to either like keep an eye on or that you know are going to be getting distribution here in the coming months? I don't know. Actually, I feel like Hatching might have got distribution there was another horror movie that i saw um which was hatching and it was just i don't know i, I feel like it didn't get seen as much i think it, her director's name is hannah uh, bergholm there's also a lot of great female directors and debut directors this time around as well which i love to see but mm-hmm. it's a very strange movie and and that's always a good thing to me but um it's a horror movie about a little girl that finds an egg and nourishes it and it becomes gigantic and <laughs> comes out of it this weird bird thing that's I won't say anything else, but I actually, oh, IFC did get it. Okay, so. yes, I was just about to say I was gonna wait till you you finish, <laughs> but yeah, another that IFC is adding to their kind of like midnight. Lineup. Yeah, so I, I just thought that was a I don't know, very interesting, well done, very assured um, film, and I don't really hmm. like birds. That's that's <laughs> that doesn't sound that sounds pretty unsettling to me. 
It was, but it also has some like humor okay. and, and, you know, oh, and you know, just another really feel good movie was good luck to you, Leo Grand, mm-hmm. um, which was the Emma Thompson movie. I don't know if you heard about oh, that one. Oh, I have. I heard this one was very charming as well. It is very charming. Yeah. Cause I watched a lot of unsettling movies this time around. So like every time I got one that was like a feel good, it was, it was a nice reprieve. Um, and I, I really am very happy with this year's, but you won't be alone is another one. That's like a horror folklore um, that ver- felt very like Terrence Malicky, even though it mm-hmm. also could be like w- like Eggers like feel a little as well. Um, and then something in the dirt is is the last one I'll mention, which was also really good. Uh, Justin Benson and Aaron uh, Moorhead. Cool. So, yeah, yes. I think I, just, I know. I just like threw out a bunch of. Movies. No, I was gonna say I'm I'm pretty sure I read um uh earlier today that the the Emma Thompson one was uh also picked up by i believe either hulu or amazon and so like that's one that's going to be yeah um, i wouldn't be surprised because it's it's also another crowd pleaser but she's she's a a woman that hires a sex worker and it's basically all takes place in hotels um hotel room but it's mostly dialogue and it's just her and the lead and i can't think of his name off the top of my head i hadn't seen him before we're both amazing so and she's always she's emma thompson so Mm -hmm. but yeah I'm curious, did you see the Lena Dunham movie, which was sort of the yes. other one I was kind of aware <laughs> of, of just sort of like, oh, Lena, Dun- Lena Dunham's back, and I'm, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I can tell by your reaction that's maybe, that's maybe well, it's, not, it, not I, promising. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I think it was my least, the, the <laughs> my least favorite movie I saw. I won't say worst, because I try to avoid that, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was the worst one I saw, but um it's it's very discomforting and you know she can be really funny like she can be a really good writer yeah and i just felt like there was moments here that worked but overall it was disappointing and i understand what she was trying to do for like you know female sexuality and empowerment and stuff but i honestly felt like leo grand did that better um Mm. and i don't know this i just didn't love it but well, well, people will see. I don't know. I don't know if that one got picked up. I feel like if anyone did a BHBO or something. Yeah, yeah, that that might make sense. Well, um, sounds like it was a very productive Sundance. Um, it was. Yes, I look was forward great. to seeing all of these, and maybe we can have you back and have uh, deeper conversations about maybe some of the ones that you were nice enough to tiptoe around for our <laughs> our listeners and myself. Um, we wanted to do something kind of like fun to sort of gaze ahead at the year um you know this is kind of a an empty weird void kind of kind of disconcerting that like <laughs> ja- nothing came out in january except for scream <laughs> like that's that's kind I of know. upsetting but um so let's we're we, we wanted to kind of like look ahead to the movies we're excited for for 2022 and i laid out some categories we kind of did a longer version of this prompt last year um but uh let's maybe kick it off with uh i think you and i picked out a couple stuff from from each of these categories and we're just gonna try and be hopeful about that we'll we'll see some of these movies so um i figured we should first start off with the kind of big franchise blockbuster movies i'm i'm curious what what to you are the two that you really wanted to kind of like uh put your hand in the air to to draw attention to that you're really looking forward to this year yeah um i'm looking forward to i mean i figured i'd do something that was like marvel-esque since there's plenty (laughs) coming but um i'm looking forward to thor love and thunder i'm really curious to where that's gonna go um so that's definitely one and i mean i think would you consider batman matt reeves's batman to be oh yeah i mean this that's probably like the the blockbuster i am most excited for this year and that's coming in like a month it is first week in march (laughs) i mean unless like uh like another corona variant comes around and ruins everything but like that's coming in a few weeks it's insane wow yeah that's that is insane where where's time go (laughs) i'm i i have to say about this movie like i don't know if you have this this feeling but like a lot of times with these sort of big franchise blockbusters like there'll be like a really really cool teaser trailer mm-hmm. and i'll get like really really hyped for it and then over the course of two years or something like that they'll 
be slowly more and more footage and all of a sudden the cool idea of the movie that i had in my head the more footage i see the more it's like oh well that's just gonna kind of be like every other superhero movie or Mm -hmm. oh that's gonna be you know just another jurassic park movie or whatnot um Mm -hmm. but i don't know about you the the more footage i keep seeing from this batman movie like and it more. looks really, really good. <laughs> yeah, it, I know. It's, the Riddler uh, looks like the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. This movie looks insane. <laughs> oh, the Gimp. <laughs> That's a good pull. Yeah, um, it does look, it does look insane. But I'm, I'm very excited. I was excited when I heard it was Matt Reeves. I thought mm-hmm. there was definitely like, I don't know, his style. Whoa. You might have to cut that out. I don't know if you heard that. Um, but his style was really, really cool. And I just was excited to see it. And and Thor, you know, looks really fun, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, plus, it's Tycho. Like, you know, come on. So, yeah, I, those I, are my two picks. Yeah. And I, I really um, Thor Ragnarok is probably one of my favorite Marvel movies. So excited yeah, to have him so much back fun. in the in the ring. Um. My two picks, I'm going to kind of do another sort of Marvel movie. It's not technically MCU, but we are getting another Spider-Verse movie this year. There's kind of that like extended teaser that opened um, at least the the showing of Spider-Man No Way Home. I kind of forget the, the second line of that movie, but the new Spider-Man movie. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by the first animated spider-verse movie and thought it was just visually dazzling and had um real genuine just heart and imagination i I think just had more imagination in its storytelling and its visuals than i see in most live action superhero movies and i'm i'm excited to get more of that i also put down um a little movie called top gun maverick which that was another one I had highlighted. I'm just curious to where that's what that's going to be like. Is that now the movie? <laughs> that feels like the movie that is now like been like postponed. the James Bond one, like it, took forever. It has eclipsed that as far as like this movie <laughs> will have now almost come out like two or three years after it was supposed to. Um, I, I'm not a giant fan of the first Top Gun movie, but um, I it's tom cruise flying airplanes and that looks really fun and now that we're not getting the mission impossible movie this anymore this year i guess this will be my my dose of of tom cruise action so yeah i don't know are you excited for for the top gun sequel yeah yeah okay <laughs> like dumb no. question <laughs> oh no i'm just i'm i don't know i get a kick out of the original top gun um and I'm curious, like, if the feel of that can come back, you know, and yeah, be captured. The, the first one's such a, like... Snapshot it's a, of its time. Right, it's such like... a, like, specific, like, 80s Reagan-era movie. And, like, I don't know, there's just something about the, like, the gung-ho uh, Amer- Americana of it all. And mm-hmm. the, like unintentional homoeroticism and the like (laughs) cheesy Kenny Loggins soundtrack that like is all part of the fun in that movie but is I'm I'm interested to see also like how much of that gets um recaptured versus how much they're just sort of like there's no way we can capture all we can sincerely capture all of that in like a bottle again of without it just being kind of like a winking joke or something yeah, no, for sure. And, and I think that curiosity is kind of <laughs> the part of it that's like driving me to want to see it. Um, you know, plus Tom Cruise doing probably crazy Tom Cruise things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If we can't, like you said, if we can't get that with, you know, him with motorcycles flying off cliffs and Mission Impossible, and we need to fill that void somehow. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are you feeling about Black Panther 2? That's one that I wanted to kind of put as one of my picks and is is currently filming in town where i live in atlanta but oh really yeah i i think it's a couple of years ago if you had asked me like are you i this this probably would have been my easy like second pick but i i feel like there's kind of a this one's got more baggage than i feel like any other yeah. blockbuster this year not just with living up to how financially successful and acclaimed the first one was but also now in the aftermath of chadwick boseman's tragic death 
and it sounds like handing the reins over to Letitia Wright and this I guess will be a big moment to see if she can carry a big movie like this I think she's quite charming but you know she's she's not led a big blockbuster like this so it'll be interesting to see if the audience goes goes in that direction and it also sounds like due to COVID this has been a movie that has like been starting and stopping production a lot Mm -hmm. and I don't know. It just sounds like there's a lot of kind of like wrenches being thrown at this poor movie as it's like trying to, I say poor movie. It's a like multi-billion dollar Disney movie. <laughs> poor but but the, this movie that's like, you know, a few years ago, I'm sure all of us would be like, yeah, that's going to be like the highest grossing movie ever made. But um, yeah. it seems like it has, has had some obstacles in its way in recent Yeah, absolutely. Years. Lots of obstacles. I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, it's still an anticipated, you know, movie. That I'm, I look forward to seeing, but I don't know. It wasn't. It has. It does feel like there's some baggage to it for sure. And um, I, I don't know. I hope you know. I like her character a lot, so it'll be exciting to see like what they do with that. Yeah, I guess the other one to mention before we move on to the next category is um avatar 2 which oh yeah all all i'll really say <laughs> are we sure though that that's coming out well this, <laughs> this is, i feel like it's a joke on this us. is what i'll <laughs> say on avatar 2 it seems weird that a movie that i feel like no one has talked about since about 2010 is going to get a like nine more sequels <laughs> but as history has shown us, it's pretty unwise to bet against James Cameron. So it is, it is. to be decided, oh. but <laughs> we will see. Oh man. Okay. So for our next category, I wanted to pick chills and thrills where you could pick either a horror movie or even kind of expand it into, into a thriller. I feel mm. like this is kind of the most sort of bankable genre in movies right now as blockbusters are sort of in this weird moment of like being held back or do we release it and all the pressure of like we need to make two billion dollars in three weeks or or something (laughs) like that and as the mid-budget adult movie is being erased (laughs) off the chalkboard in front of our eyes like horror and thrillers remain and remain a pretty bankable part of the the hollywood portfolio so are are there any this year that you're particularly excited for yeah there's actually actually a few but um i don't know if i mean it's robert eggers and i don't know if it's really a horror though but i am looking forward to the northman i know that's gonna be dark and it's Mm -hmm. gonna be weird but i don't know if i should use it as those but i just have to at least say because that's one of my most like excited horror movies yeah i'm i'm really excited as well that trailer was probably one of the most exhilarating things i've seen in the last couple months but yeah it does look a bit more like Like in the vein of like of like yeah like conan the barbarian is like the thing i thought of is what it seems kind of like (laughs) the art house conan the barbarian which um i'm here for that sounds fun. but i can go more like obvious horror like um jordan peele's nope Oh Which yeah! I really don't know much about this. Like, I don't either. I, I don't just, know if anyone does. Yeah, all I know is there's that like ominous poster with like the cloud yes. hovering over the city, and I Very believe ominous. it's starring um, Daniel Kaluuya, um, yeah. Kiki Palmer, and, and is it Stephen Yoon? Isn't he, it? Yeah. Yes, okay. he is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll be so excited. that one. I'm excited for. Yeah. yeah. The only other thing I know about it is I do know Hoyte Van Hodema is shooting it who if anyone doesn't know he's kind of become christopher nolan's sort of go-to cinematographer in recent years mm-hmm. so maybe that's a hint that this will be a like bigger kind of blockbuster scale jordan peele experience mm. kind of like a leveling up from uh, us already felt like a leveling up leveling from, up yeah from get out in terms of scale and maybe this will be a leveling up into an even bigger kind of movie yeah for sure. Um, and then another one, I, I don't know the date of it, though, but it's the um, Crimes of the Future. Oh, it's... yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man. Oh, yeah. Cronenberg <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> with Kristen Stewart and Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Have you read the interviews with them talking about this movie? <laughs> no, I haven't. But now I feel like I need to. <laughs> I mean, Viggo Mortensen has kind of hinted that this is a return to the the like 80s body horror era of Cronenberg awesome. 
And um, there was an interview where she was talking about Spencer, where someone asked Kristen Stewart about it. And she just kind of paused and was like, I don't mean to be rude, but I really have no idea what that movie's about. And we would like go have dinner every night and the whole cast would just look around and like shrug because they had like, they were just like, how do we describe this movie? Um, I'm really excited for it. That's like an incredible pick. Um, We'll be interesting to see how that's received, especially how Titan was, or Titan was received last year and that being kind of, Cronenberg that was one of my inspired. favorite movies yeah, last same. year. So, um, yeah. my pick, I guess. Um, I'm sorry. Did you have any like last? Cron- <laughs> I kind of hijacked your Cronen because I'm so excited for. No, I'm really I- excited about. It. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a horror movie either. I don't really know anything about this movie, but it's it's Disappointment Boulevard, which is Ari Aster's new movie. Yeah. Um, that's mm-hmm. starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um. You know, Ari Aster, his previous two films, Midsommar and Hereditary, were two of, I think, the more... He is a... Whether this is a horror movie or not, he has established, I think, a brand of very unsettling cinema that is is at least, like, semi in the mainstream. Um, And I, I... Like I said, I've known nothing about this movie... The rumors I have heard are just is that it's of, like four hours or something. Yeah, <laughs> and that it's like a, him calling it like a nightmare comedy, which like who knows what that means. But I, I I've just sort of heard a lot of kind of like anecdotal sort of uh grand grand flourishing about this movie without really knowing anything about it. But yeah, well, either um, way, I'm game. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm sure I will have nightmares for three nights straight, like I did with Hereditary. Um. So yeah. that'll be upsetting. Uh, I guess the other one that I kind of point out, um, you know, th- this is a thriller. Um, not exactly in the horror vein. I think I'm going to cheat some more. But uh, David Fincher's The Killer, which is being shot right now and is starring Michael Fassbender as an assassin who goes through a crisis of a consciousness a, a crisis of conscience and uh i believe is based off of a, a french comic series um i'm more of a mank defender i think than than most people but i i'm glad after a more sort of awardsy i i enjoy i don't know about you i enjoy david fincher more when he's doing something a bit grimier and a bit more noir and a bit mm. more about just like that's much more nihilistic and just basically about like sociopaths and psychopaths. So, Oh yeah. He does that. Well, yeah. I, I love David Fincher. I was not a fan of Mank. Sorry. Um, but okay. <laughs> I, I actually didn't even know this movie existed. So I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked because I feel, I feel like I have a, t- you know, pretty good finger on the pulse of movies coming out, but for some reason this one just like skirted by me, but that that's exciting. I mean, Fassbender and Fincher, that could be pretty cool. Yeah, I believe Tilda Swinton's also in it too. Ooh. It's it's in production now, so I don't it 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 couldn't be later like, like next year. Yeah, but um I do know it is a neck Netflix movie. So it is possible that this could be like a late into the fall Netflix mm. release, which And on that topic, make more mind hunter if you're listening to this David oh, Fincher. Yeah. Come Please. on, come on, David Fincher. I'm I'm fine if like he wants to come back in five years and then like Groff and Holt McElhinney are like a little bit older and it's like we're getting the bang gang back together or something like that. That'd be fun. Um, let's move to I think maybe a harder section for us to pick. Um, which part of the reason I chose the Fincher movie and the last one is because this is a really loaded category for us to pick. But um, kind of what what are two of your more, I'm going to pull out my French beret, your auteur projects that you're anticipating for the next year? Because it, it seems like pretty much every major filmmaker has a release this year, theoretically, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I... I can't remember which ones I put down for this and I don't see them on here. Um, let's see. There is definitely, I mean, I, I could have honestly said the Cronenberg thing too, but um, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name. I, I'm really, I really like um, 
I don't know if this is auteur, but I really like Josephine Decker, so I'm excited about her new movie. Oh, okay. But, um, let's see. You go. <laughs> you go first. I'll go. Um, probably the movie I'm most excited for above anything else this year is um, Big Big Uncle Marty just coming down the, the chimney and giving us all, hopefully, the Christmas present that is Killers <laughs> of the Flower Moon. Yes, thank you. That's what I was... I couldn't think of the name of it. Yes. I, I love Martin Scorsese and I'm so excited. I feel like we've been taking forever to get this movie. Like, Where yeah, have you been? I, <laughs> and I know several people who've read the the nonfiction book that this is based off mm-hmm. of and I'm I, I'm I'm going to like try and go to my local bookstore and buy it because I've heard that the, the book is fantastic and is basically about a kind of corrupt FBI, a true story surrounding a corrupt FBI investigation into a series of murders on uh, a Native American uh, reservation, I believe mm-hmm. in Montana or Wyoming, somewhere out west, um, and is starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jesse Plemons, I believe kind of in the dual leading roles. I believe Jesse Plemons is more of the kind of protagonist and DiCaprio more of the antagonist and uh, also has Robert De Niro and Brendan Fraser, who might be having a little bit of a comeback. Oh, he here. is. There's no little bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the in time the, of... the Aronofsky movie, which, you know, I'll, I'll leave people to look up what the Aronofsky movie's about, but that sounds like that's going to be a joyful experience at the movies. Um, but, that's actually another one, too, yeah. um, that I, I'd like to see, but I don't know very much about it. Yeah, I so only maybe know it'll it's... be a, a double Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I um, just know the Aronofsky movie is Brendan Fraser apparently playing a, like, severely obese, like, 600-pound. Like, it sounds like Darren Aronofsky's my 600 pound life movie which we'll see how that goes um that yeah that i'll just leave it there but i'm excited for the brendan sons and i'm excited for killers of the flower moon which i believe apple is releasing mm-hmm. and sounds like a big 200 million dollar western movie just it, isn't it just wild like martin scorsese's in like his mid-70s and is just like feels like he's still at his peak it's it's yeah. so incredible and i love it yeah no i i don't know that he'll ever not be <laughs> he's just one of the uh i don't know I, you know you i didn't realize that spielberg is coming out with another movie yeah is that right spielberg and um james gray both have their romas this year ja- yeah james gray doing armageddon time which i guess is loosely based off of his experience growing up in Queens in the 1980s, 1970s and 1980s and has like Anne Hathaway and Jeremy Strong from Succession playing his parents and Steven Spielberg made a movie about his childhood and his parents' divorce and Michelle Williams and Paul Dano are going to be <laughs> playing his parents. Just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, I, I did think another one is uh, Babylon. Oh um, right, Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle movie with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. Yes, very and Tobey Maguire. Yep. Did you like First Man? I'm a little mixed on it. Um, okay. I didn't love it, but I mean, I thought it was good. <laughs> it just wasn't like something I was super passionate about. But okay, I'm on the like bench of that movie was criminally overlooked and it's kind of weird <laughs> that damien Chaz- damien chazelle fresh after off an oscar made like a movie about the apollo moon landing with ryan gosling and america was just sort yeah. of like eh, no i, I mean, don't it was know good. it was definitely good it was just something about it that wasn't like super um i don't know maybe that's why it didn't stick with people as much it, yeah. it, it just kind of like fell fell to the side and, and got forgotten about and it really didn't deserve that for sure um but yeah i actually just realized how, you are right noah bombach david o russell how many people are making movies yeah i mean this might be just a time to to sort of uh stop list, list, <laughs> well list off a a, a a couple i mean you mentioned the bombach movie that's also going to netflix he's adapting white noise the the mm-hmm. don delillo novel and it, that one's starring Greta Gerwig and Adam Driver. Shocking. Um, <laughs> that they're in it. Yes. <laughs> George Miller has his long, you know, ruminated over 3,000 years longing with Tilda Swinton and mm. I believe Idris Elba playing a genie. Um, that'll be I inter- hope so. That'll be interesting. 
Um, Park Chan Wook has a new movie. Claire Denis, I think, has two movies that are coming out this year. Um, yeah. There's, you know, and I'm, Ritu it made one too, right? Is making one. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll have to have a special Jesse's therapy session about on this podcast about my <laughs> in your Ritu thoughts, but okay. I'll save that for for a different. We'll save that. Um, Wes Anderson has another. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna save that one for our kind of movie star one, but that you know oh, that yeah. has a giant that and the David O. Russell movie have giant cast these yeah. giant casts that I will just say look at look look up on IMDb who all is in both those movies. I believe the Wes Anderson one is a western, um, and I'm excited to see him work with Tom Hanks, who I mm. think is kind of like the big headliner of that movie. Um, my kind of last weird pick I'm going to put in this category is Blonde, which is mm. the long delayed um, Andrew Dominic Marilyn Monroe movie. Uh, I believe is based off of a Pulitzer Prize winning novel that is like a fictional uh, retelling of the life of Marilyn Monroe and um, kind of the the various tragedies she had. Uh, as a child and as a movie star and is written by uh, Joyce Carol Oates. I've been told the book is very, very good while also very nightmarish and surreal. And mm. Andrew Dominic, who made uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, has adapted this book, which is going to be released, I think, by Netflix Although it sounds like one of the reasons this movie has kind of been delayed is it sounds like Netflix. I'm I'm just going to be sort of put all of this in air quotes of sort of the the rumors I've been hearing is Netflix maybe expected a bit more of a kind of award season biopic and got like a very surreal, possibly NC-17 <laughs> uh, kind of shocking movie about the life of Marilyn Monroe with on uh Anna de Armas playing Marilyn Monroe mm -hmm. um I'm I'm just excited for what it, th this movie sounds like really weird and really strange and <laughs> it does. I'm I'm more down for like a weird like David Lynch like Marilyn Monroe movie <laughs> that maybe plays like a little fast and loose with the facts as opposed to like here's the the prestige movie version right. so maybe that'll get released this year it sounds like it was supposed to come out last year but didn't because there's was a bit of a ratings battle between dominic and netflix over some of the content of the movie so we we shall see what becomes of of this one but yeah certainly one that sure. there's been a lot of uh kind of online rumors and chatter and kind of hype i believe even from dominic himself saying he made one of the 10 greatest movies ever made so <laughs> wow All right. certainly a lot of people are like hyping this up online right but um interesting let's go to our last category which is movie stars just some yes. great movie star vehicles you know the big lights on the marquee who are you excited to see this year you know, um, I think this counts, right? Knives Out too. Yeah, definitely. Pretty... <laughs> it's, it's all the such... movie stars. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Every single one of them. All the ones who were wise enough not to join Death on the Nile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Death on the Nile. <laughs> I kind of forgot that movie was coming out. Um, Next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Uh, buckle up yeah. america <laughs> i'm not ready for it i'm not ready for it no um but yeah i'm really excited about knives out too even though like at the same time when they said they were making another one because i really liked knives out i was like i don't i don't know do we need this like is this I, how can they can they recreate like when it's you know such a specific story that works but the thing is daniel craig's character is just like <laughs> so good mm -hmm. um that I think they could, you know, make something fun. And plus, like, we're getting an opportunity to see a bunch of <laughs> huge names, you know, squashed together. I'm really excited to see what, you know, Ryan Johnson does with that. And I'm sure it's going to be fun, at least. Yeah, it sounds like they sort of shot this over in Greece last mm -hmm. year. And um, pretty wild that I think Netflix just kind of noticed that not during the sort of early stages of the pandemic, Knives Out was like one of the 
the top VOD movies and then just sort of like came knocking on Ryan Johnson's door and was like, so how do you feel about making just a whole bunch more of these? And Craig's kind of done with the Bond movies. And so <laughs> like just good on Daniel Craig of gets to like have a franchise where he can travel the world in exotic locations and basically <laughs> just play Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he has one he's hit the golden lottery um (laughs) i just wanted to pull up who all is is in this um sequel so it's also got jessica henwick who is in the the matrix sequel that you and i talked about um Mm -hmm. also got katherine hahn ethan hawk kate hudson edward norton edward norton dave bautista (laughs) um leslie odom jr janelle monet should be fun yeah, it should yeah. be fun. I hope. Um, and so, I mean, I too, you know, could have said the David O. Russell one, but Bullet Train um, has got Brad Pitt, Lady Gaga, Sandra Bullock, Joey King, Logan Lerman, Zaza Beats, Aaron Taylor Johnson, just Michael Shannon. It's got a few. Yeah, a few people. <laughs> this is this is an action movie. Um, I believe from the the same guy who made like Atomic Blonde. Um and co-directed the first john wick movie so mm-hmm. yeah david uh leach yes yes yep so in deadpool 2 i think he did too oh that's right and well he also did he also did <laughs> and, Hobbs and shaw well uh, <laughs> we, comebacks we do happen <laughs> so i we're, i'm gonna i'm gonna stay positive i love brad pitt um yeah this sounds it great. seems like a fun cast you know like it'll yeah. be interesting to see yeah they... um so I need to do a dramatic tee up for for mine for Ooh, my last okay. one. Um, I'm kind of Drum not roll. gonna pick pick two because <laughs> partly the Wes Anderson one was my my second pick. But right. um, you know, Christy, we're living in some dark times, <laughs> and people are just are just really just they're reaching out for something, and you know. Biden's in office talking about how he wants to bring the country together but you know there's there's a company out there a like multi-billion dollar company they're called the Walt Disney Corporation <laughs> and they got they got a special opportunity on their hands because l- let me tell you they're they're sitting on something that it seems like they just they don't value and I I need anyone at Disney even if you're just a like low level like theme park like if you're just the person who pulls the lever on the the teacup ride <laughs> at disney world i need i needed to, to listen to this there's a movie called deep water that the disney corporation has been sitting on and pulled from theaters and may be releasing on hulu now and l- let me tell you what this movie is this is an erotic thriller starring Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas, who what were dating the at the time this? that this movie was being made, and is directed by Adrian Lyne, the sort of uh, the chef for... connoisseur of the erotic thriller genre, who gave us basic, not basic instinct, a uh, fatal attraction, and. Um, unfaithful unfaithful and, yes yeah <laughs> and is at least partially written by sam levinson who i don't oh, know if you're wow. watching euphoria right now but seems like a guy who does not want to hold back anything <laughs> and i'm i'm looking at the cover <laughs> like the picture for this is so bad it looks like something from like the 90s like the, the not even like older than that what is up with this <laughs> christy like, just, just so bad <laughs> take a mental trip back in time to that summer of the coronavirus the first summer of covid and how much joy all of those paparazzi photos of ben affleck and ana de armas gave us and specifically just the magic in that one photo of casey affleck holding the cardboard cutout of ana de armas and putting it in ben affleck's trash can Disney, if you, uh, if you if you want to bring the country together, if you want to inspire hope in people's lives, you just drop this tomorrow. Like I don't I don't think you understand 
This is an erotic thriller with two insanely famous people who were dating at the time. <laughs> it this, does seem like, you know, it's this a could be bad, deal. but this, this, this will just sort of like, this is the kind of like juicy thing the culture just needs to like sink its teeth into. And I'm stepping off my soapbox, but yeah, you teed that up well. <laughs> give us deep water now. <laughs> now, yes. Um, I. I honestly did not know much about this, but I am with you now that I have read and heard your pitch. It's two hours and 33 minutes. Oh my, why? Why is it so long? It's going to be like, I mean, I don't know that it'll be as good, but like, just just everyone take a, a mental stroll down memory lane to what what a just miraculous artifact eyes wide shut is as like this has the potential to be that of like we get to see a weird celebrity couple's sex life (laughs) hypothetically on screen screen. and we get to comment on it in real time disney drop this now disney listen (laughs) yeah okay i'm done (laughs) uh our our eyes wide shut of 2022 yes the eyes wide shut we all deserve (laughs) Oh, that's good. Uh, well, I believe that about wraps us up for this Ooh, week. But yeah. uh, Chris, do you have any like last uh, movies you're looking forward to this year that we we overlooked? <laughs> no, I think we uh, I think we covered everything, <laughs> even you know the erotic picks. So that's good. Yes, yeah. yes, even <laughs> even the erotic picks. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining this week and for talking Sundance. It's always a fun time to have you on the podcast and. Next week, uh, maybe we'll actually have movies to talk about. Maybe, maybe we'll get to explore Death on the Nile on Death on, on the episode. Nile, the movie everyone in America can't wait to see. Uh. <laughs>